Hi, this is uh, Joe Morata calling from Steubenville, Ohio. I'm driving home after spending a great day in Findlay, Ohio at the FPP Walking Workshop. want to send out a big, big thank you to Leslie, Michael, and Matt for putting together a great day of photo activities. Got to take a lot of photographs. Got the opportunity to talk photography. Got the opportunity to learn some new tips. Really enjoyed the uh, Polaroid Workshop later on in the afternoon. I was able to meet up with some friends, and I made some new friends today. So all in all, it was a great day. I just want to send out a big thank you to all of you. Take care.
Hoo-ha. Joe Morota called on the hotline. Uh, great. Yeah. It was good to see Joe again. Yeah. That was Joe Morota on our hotline. On our hotline hotline. Joe comes in. Yes. To, to the uh, Jones house and said, The lady next door says, I think there's something going on over there. <laughs> The FPP hotline is 973 area code 850-6330. You can actually call the show. What show? And leave a message, and we'll play your message on the on, on this very show. And this is Film Photography Podcast number 82, May 15th, 2013. The FPP Walking Workshop Wrap-Up Show. And we're here, myself, Leslie, Matt, coming to you from the presidential suite at the Finlay Inn and Conference Center in beautiful downtown Findlay, Ohio. That's right. On this show, we're going to be doing a little recap. Just, you know, uh, just some brief recollections of what the FPP Walking Workshop was and what our experiences were like. We're going to have a roll-in from Hunter, man on the street, Hunter White. He went down to the International Center of Photography and interviewed the kind folks there about the new exhibit, Photographs from Europe, by Chim, C-H-I-M. We're going to be talking briefly about APS film. I have a bunch of different flavors here. Flavors of film, different types of film. We're going to be chatting about the odd 35mm Olympus Accru. We're going to be talking about the fact that the FPP store is now stocking hand-rolled oddball film. That's pretty exciting. Speaking of odd, I've never embraced it until now, and that's the Kodak Black and white 400 CN. That's black and white film that you could process in C41 chemistry. C41. Yeah. Exciting. And we're going to be talking about our successes, which we'll probably talk about this when we talk about the workshop, our success with something called 35mm Polychrome. And we'll be right back. C41. Mm. Hey, Mike Rosso here, FPP. We're here at Tony's Touch of Italy with uh, Matt and Lauren and Leslie and myself and we're celebrating the fact that FPP Store, FilmPhotographyStore.com now carries not only Kodak film but Kodak film at a price that matches if not beats all the big online stores. What does that mean? That means that I don't have to shop anywhere else for film. Ever. Just FPP, FilmPhotographyStore.com is going to be the one-stop shop for all of my film. 35mm, 120, instant photography, and, you know, those great little plastic filmtastic cameras on the side. Super positive. Leslie, what's it mean? It's one-stop shopping. It's quick shipping. And we ship international. Ooh. A big part of the FPP community is the international listener base. I would say a little over 50%. And now they have an outlet and a very cost-efficient outlet, and we're getting it to you. So get out there, order your favorite emulsions, your Portras, your Ektars, your T-Max, Tri-X. Get it. Get it now. Filmphotographystore.com. Hey, we're back. (laughs) Hey, guys. Hi, Mike. Hey. So as of this recording, we just finished up, we just wrapped up the uh, FPP Walking Workshop in Findlay, Ohio. And this felt to me like the first time we've really, like a real workshop. Yes. It felt like we've, I feel like we've accomplished something much more concrete and constructive than any of the meetups we've done in the past. Very much so. It's not just meet and greet. There was there was a very organized set of things to do. Goals were met. There was, there was things to accomplish. People uh, came, came in not knowing what to expect. Came home with a lot of photos, some equipment, some prizes, mm-hmm. and a lot of new knowledge. Mm-hmm. I got to meet some folks that, uh, you 
I've seen on the internet and uh, I've been corresponding with by uh, internet and mail, folks like Mark O'Brien from the Ann Arbor, Michigan Crappy Camera Club, uh, Lance King, who I see on our Flickr thread all the time, Ch- Chazier. Yes. Chazier was there. Uh, Charles Hohenstein. Or is it Hohenstein? Oh, we should have asked. I should have a young Frankenstein thing. It is. We should have called up John Meadows in Canada to ask him that question <laughs> because he is now starring in a stage production of uh, Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. Yes. Well, I also met Kevin Dillon, who has been very kind to the show. Debonair shooter Susan Steyer. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Wasn't that fun? Yeah. Regulars like the always reliable Alex Laux. Always. Yep. And the ever fun... Jacob Mortensen. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jacob's Camera Closet on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I didn't ask him, but did you ask Jacob about... So, Jacob, is your video production department shut down? <laughs> <laughs> I did not, but you know what? I have some things to send him, so maybe I'll fly a little message his, his way. Okay. okay. You know what I noticed, Mike? Yeah, what's that? There were so many people that, uh, that came to the walking workshop that are local, I mean, relatively local to, you know, nor- Northwest Ohio area. I, I didn't even know that had Leslie didn't know, I didn't know, but they just kind of got word through the grapevine yeah. uh, on the FPP site and just like Googling stuff that was coming up. The Google. That, that wonderful word free <laughs> pulls a lot of people in. You, you think so? Oh, yeah. People very into free. Very, yeah, oh yeah. I, I, you know, I have to agree, and Robert uh, mentioned that to me about uh, one of the Roberts. Robert Bender. Yes, yes. Oh, you know, you really charge a fee, you should think about it. And he's, I mean, he is absolutely correct, because the amount of, uh, I think, events that we had were worthy of a fee. But, you know, even if we had a very modest $25 fee, that might keep, some people just may be like, yeah, out. People want to do stuff on the weekends for free. Sure, oh, absolutely. Yeah. As someone I, who now uh, hangs out with a, a new family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know what it's I like need, to go out I on the weekend. need and, free. And you want to go out and do stuff for free. Yes. Yeah. And let's face it, they dropped money getting here. Oh, oh yeah. Gasoline, rooms, uh, incidentals, food. So Film. It, it yes. totally was not totally free. Yeah. Just didn't add on to the, the baseline. I'm going to try my best, all of us, to, to keep the free going. Um, you know, we ask folks to, you know, if you're in town, to visit Leslie's store, pick up some film, which quite people f- did. Quite they a few did, people yes. did that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop by the Film Photography Store online, filmphotographystore.com. Uh, that really helps. You know, I mean, if you're going to buy film, prefer I prefer you buy it from the FPP. Absolutely. So what great price and great service. You were going to you were going to say great price and great service. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking down the list here of the uh, of folks that I met. One um, of oh. the folks, uh, uh, Kirsten Ireland. Yes. Uh, she is a musician. Well, first of all, Kirsten is am- amazingly excited about the film photography podcast, the show. What show? <laughs> but you wouldn't know it because it's the most mellow person I've met in my life. She was very, very silent. Yes, the whole, I, I felt quiet, like I felt like silent, I was like I, I felt like I was uh, prying the whole right. time. I was like mm. asking questions, and we're we're probably embarrassing Kirsten right now on the other side of the radio. She's <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But the reason I bring you up is because um, she told me about her music. Because okay. I had asked her, I'm like, well, what do you like about the show? Do you like the music segments? And she said, yeah, you know, music segments, blah, 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 blah. Hey, you know, I play music. I'm like, you do? And she has her own website, KirstenIreland.com, K-I-R-S-T-E-N, 
I R E L A N D dot com. Great. And it's her own brand. Uh, I don't want to brand it by saying it's it's folky, it's this, it's that. Well, but mm-hmm. I, I'm going to, I think, because some of some of her artwork are like portraits of hand drawn portraits of Bob Dylan. Okay. So I'm thinking by just perusing your site briefly during my stay here in Ohio, I'm thinking that you are an illustrator as well. But it was not really nice to meet her, to meet someone who plays music. Yeah, and she came up with a, with a friend of hers, uh, Faith, right? Yes. If that's right, Faith yeah. Williams, yes. Yeah, and Faith was really into the uh, the large format side of things on Sunday. She participated. She was one of the lucky students that got to go up, and uh, we loaded some X-ray film, did some lovely portraits. Did. Yeah, we. Uh, I think it took seven or eight folks up there. We I showed them how to clean the holders. They cleaned my holders for me, so thanks for that. They load, We loaded them properly under the red light, so we removed the fear of, of doing that in the dark. Loaded the camera. We posed models. We got the camera you, focused. You did all this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When this, we were in this, the little room? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was good. And she was interested in seeing how the process format works. Yeah, and a lot of folks came. I tried to get folks that were either vaguely familiar with large format or just completely novice to it because if I would have had somebody, you know, show me the show me the ropes and not say, well, go on the internet, kid, and, and learn yourself some large format. Right. <laughs> Faith Williams was also one of our giveaway winners. Yes. Okay. She won the Jim Austin donation from Jimages. Yep. Oh, very nice. Yes. Yes. We, we had some fabulous, fabulous giveaways. Actually, you, you know, we had a little bit of water here in Finley, Ohio. <laughs> a and little bit. if it wasn't for that, the bottle would not have floated in. It would not have no. gotten here on time, exactly. It yeah. just came down the blanch. Yeah, thanks to that, it was only a couple feet from the door. <laughs> right up to the door. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I really applaud all the folks that did still come out and, and put up with our uh, crazy Ohio weather. Because, oh, yes. uh uh, I know there was some miserable yet still excited faces mm-hmm. on Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. The Polaroid party was definitely a hit. Oh, my oh, God. It was fun. It was, uh, Professor Jeff made one heck of a great setup. We had four different uh, two natural light, two strobe light uh, locations where people could play around with the different Polaroid formats. Leslie gave a knockout Polaroid presentation. Then, Mike, you joined in and you did that awesome uh, polychrome. He yeah. did it. Demonstration. He did it himself. Yeah, I'm so yeah no proud help. Of him. No nothing. It was well, great. Uh, I think um, a few hours before when we first arrived, I loaded up my camera, my FTB Canon with color, mm-hmm. and then a roll of black and white, and I just shot up the room. I just walked around, you know, flash on the camera, just shot, 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 shot. Oh, Sheldon. Polychrome. I've been collecting Polychrome. I've been getting it on eBay. I've been getting it from Leslie. These boxes show up every now and then from Leslie. Thank you very much. Polypan 35mm black and white slide film, which I shot, which we successfully processed. Yes. And if, Perfect. Uh, listeners of the show may remember us talking about this. We, I think we did it twice Twice, on the show. yes. Uh, and actually, if you recall... One time, we have one fully recorded on video with, like, a three-camera setup. Yes. Like, from when Jeff C. Jeff, Jeff came in and did it, yeah. Yeah. So, i got to go through the archive and find that video. It would be great to pair it with this. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah. It's not going to be done in time. That's fine. No, <laughs> but whenever I do pull nice it out... I mean, it's, it's at like, some point in time. Yeah. yeah. And I shot um, Polaroid, I guess it was Polychrome Color. The Color, yes. And then the stuff I haven't shot, like, high-contrast Polychrome Color... And on the box is a picture of a sales chart. It's like a graph. Or flip it. Yeah. Oh, is it on both sides? Graphics, It yeah. is on both uh, sides. I'm assuming this was not designed to shoot people. No, it'll be pretty snappy. In case you see this on eBay. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the rarest one, I would suppose. Uh, Polograph 35 
instant black and white, high contrast. I love that's that. Leslie's favorite. Is it really? And I do shoot that people. artsy real world. I don't shoot people okay. often, but it has like I always say. You recommend? I do. You do. I think it looks so incredibly primitive. Okay. It really does. I love that film. And, of course, uh, Polar Blue, which has a meeting agenda picture. <laughs> yes. If you shoot that real world, it will be a blue and white negative. It's like okay. a blueprint, kind of. Yes. Yeah, cyanotype. Yeah. Okay. I contact print the Polar Blue mm-hmm. with black and white negatives. You do? Oh. Yeah. So, you see, I contact get a positive onto the, negative, yeah. onto the Polar Blue and then process it. Oh, very nice. That's neat. So, I'm very interested in getting feedback if anyone is listening that was at our FPP walking workshop here in Finlay in April, please do drop us a line if you haven't done so already. Uh, Matt was going to design or... What, what a little survey. Are there stock sites where you could like... Su- yeah, there's like uh, there's hosted sites. Uh, I think we're using SurveyMonkey. SurveyMonkey? Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a hosted thing and we, uh, we created generate a survey that, mm-hmm. that attendees or all listeners can fill out. Overall, I think, I think we were, we're well on our way to... to being very structured, having uh, University of Finlay, mm-hmm. and the fact that Professor Jeff, those setups were awesome. Yes. We took, they take a long in, time yes. to set up. They do. Yeah. I walked into U of F, and Professor Jeff had two strobe stations set up. Yes. Just waiting for a camera. Yeah. Uh, tripods there. And then, on the side room, two, two natural light setups. Mm-hmm. Big, big old was, north light windows, yeah. Exactly. And it was just, it was the proper, we had the proper room, yeah, and also, of course, the day before on Saturday, uh, everyone got to see the Mecca Studio. Yes. And imagine that. They didn't want to leave. And? The Schmoop. The Schmoop. Now, the Schmoop is uh, Leslie's cat. What kind of cat is that? The Schmoop's a rag doll. Okay. A tiny one, a teacup rag doll. He's gigantic looking, but he's still small. I never realized breed. how like pliable that cat is. <laughs> very floppy. Yeah, the, he's pliable. It's yeah. a good word. I feel like I'm a rag doll because once you hold yeah. them, they just turn like, them upside down, limp. spin them around. They don't yeah. care. No. Very friendly. Flexible. Loves people. Yeah. Loves kids. Loves dogs. Mm-hmm. Were people picking them up? Oh, oh sure. yeah, we were yeah. passing them around. Mm-hmm. With photo sessions going on? Uh, as far as I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you guys were doing that first little format mm-hmm. demonstration, there was a little shoot. And uh, I think people really uh, enjoyed seeing, you know, after hearing about it on the show. <laughs> what show? Uh, seeing Imagine That. They did. Actually, some of them came back to the Mecca. Uh, there's a table in the back. We repaired two Polaroid cameras. We had some uh, loading instruction for a couple girls who had never handled a 35 SLR before. So they got their loading instructions on how to use their camera. They shot for the day. So it was fun. Actually, there was kind of another little break-off section that nobody really knew about. Uh, the last day, we had a large format workshop, and when uh, I pulled in, with Leslie, Leslie driving in the beautiful maroon, is it maroon? Maroon, it's maroon Lincoln I suppose, Continental. Yeah. <laughs> not a 77, unfortunately. No, it was not. A little newer than you were expecting. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, a little surprised to see that. I mean, that parking lot, there were a lot of people there. There was. There were, yeah. There, yes. I'm used to th- day three, large format. You know, being me, Matt, Leslie, and like folks. two guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, our, our total, our numbers were, I believe, 52 yes. overall. Thirty people stayed for large format. Yeah, that's or great. showed up. Some only came for that, but there was maybe three. Yeah, and I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And how, what was 30. your your gauge, Matt? How do you think people uh, enjoyed that? 
I think they I think they got a lot out of it. Um, even for the experienced shooters, it was good to see different techniques, different uh, ways people approach large format because we had some some guys that have been doing it forever. Some others that have uh, are novices to it or have only worked at at it in university. A lot of different skill levels, and we tried to bring those up to speed and kind of demystify some of the you know, scary looking things in the process. Mm-hmm. And you know, as scary and as complicated as some of it sounds, watching it and doing it just makes it that much more accessible to folks and when they see oh i can do this too that's when the buzz really starts going and i I think i was asked at least half a dozen times um from the the girls from youngstown they they were like uh so where can i get this where can i get this oh film photography store right right oh well this x-ray film looks great but but i have a four by five filmphotographystore.com oh they have four by five yeah wow so and they they want to get into it so and of course hopefully by the time this show airs my big experiment is Cutting 120 film. Ooh. <laughs> that will really open yes. up the X-ray to a lot of people. Yeah. Who, you know, don't have 4x5 or large 4x5. Or don't want to go that route. Yeah. yeah. I think the general consensus from everyone was that this was uh, an excellent, awesome weekend. Um, and everyone, at least to me at least, um, wants to come back. I heard that a lot. Yeah. Next year. Next yeah. year. Next year. Yeah. Wonderful. Good on us. Good on us. Did we get cover everything? Oh, I think we covered a fair amount, yeah. Anybody we forget to mention? Wasn't it fun to have Dale Devine there? Dale Devine. Dale Devine was the Kodak employee that worked at the Kodak Processing Lab yes. that uh, used to soup our Kodachrome. That's right. Isn't that wonderful? Have a Kodak Lab employee and kind of knows the inside. Did anybody and, grab his arm and like uh, talk to him, do you know, besides myself? <laughs> Oh, I, I've talked to him a lot because he's local for me. Yeah. But, um... Did Dale, how did he know Dale, about this? Did he come into the store? Well, we bugged him. Both of us have yeah, been bugging we him for him, about so two months. Personal invitation on that, in that part. And Dale, his Graflex, his yes, two by did. three Graflex today. Mm-hmm. We had another person that was all digital that came today. He was beyond thrilled with the weekend. Beyond thrilled. Very complimentary. He's so excited now. Oh, so, who might that be? That would be... He goes by two names here in Finley because there's more than one. Oh. Bill Wilson oh, or Frank. Frank Wilson. Yes, oh, there's Frank another Wilson. Bill Wilson, so everybody calls him Frank. But Oh, his name very, is Bill Wilson? His, name his is Bill. real name is Bill Wilson. His Bill Nation? Middle. William Frank. William Frank. So he I know him as Frank. But yeah, you know Frank. Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, an incredibly nice gentleman. Had a... Blast. He also had a. Uh, we also really benefited having Frank on the walk for when we were going downtown. Mm-hmm. It was, it was kind of miserable, and we were kind of like, "Oh, here we can poke off here and uh, go get warm and mm-hmm. <laughs> go photograph yes. around here." So he's instrumental in the downtown walk. Uh, we took a group shot in front of which building was that? The courthouse. It was the courthouse. courthouse. Yeah, on the brand new um, Impossible PQ color protection film. Oh, very nice. And it came came out great. Awesome. Yeah. And you shot some slide film as well? And I shot two uh, two sheets of uh, Provia from mm-hmm. uh, Fuji. Oh, very nice. So we, there was good representation of, of, of the weekend. I've got the rest of the weekend on Tri-X. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little love on all three camps. Yep. Yep. Impossible camp, Fuji camp, Kodak camp. Got to play the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. So keep, keep your radio, you know, keep your dial tuned to us for future events. My goal for for 2014 is to give much earlier notice to people. So maybe you could plan, you could plan your day, your week, your weekend, so that if you live farther away, maybe you consider uh, taking a plane, train, or automobile and coming to to Finley, Ohio in 2014. We're gonna we're gonna we're almost 100 percent sure we're gonna do it again. We're gonna tweak it a little bit. 
Make sure it's, you know, a little more fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yep. And uh, Wheels are turning. If you were at this event and you're, you're posting pictures, please do tag them. FPP Findlay 2013. Now, we're going to be back in a minute. But right now, we're going to roll in a piece from our... Man on the street, Hunter White. I know you've all missed him. And Hunter, we've missed you. And people at the walking workshop were talking about you. Yeah, I do really do like that Hunter White. <laughs> I really do like those rolling he does. He gets some good interviews. And yes, you do. Because see, it's Hunter that's coming up with the topics. All I say to Hunter is, yeah, well, why don't you go down to Lomography and get an interview? Why don't you go down to the Impossible Project and get an interview? I mean, that's good to do. Yeah. But I tell them every month. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hunter is at the International Center of Photography in New York City, where they're having an exhibit of photographs by Chim, C-H-I-M, called Photographs from Europe, 1933 through 1956. Take it away, Hunter. This is FPP's man on the street, Hunter White, and I'm sitting here with Cynthia Young from ICP, um, and we're here to talk about the in- exhibition entitled We Went Back, Photographs from Europe, 1933 to 1956 by Chim. How are you this morning, Cynthia? Great. Glad to be here. First off, can you tell us a little bit about who Chim was and what type of work he did? Because um, I didn't know a lot about him before I came here, so our listeners may not know about him. Right. Chim was one of the great 20th century photojournalists. He worked with... Robert Kempa and Cartier-Bresson, and today, together they founded the Magnum Agency in 1947. He was widely published in the 1930s in Paris, picture magazines, but also internationally, for with his coverage of the Spanish Civil War, and then went on to have a really extraordinary post-war career in the picture press of the international picture press in the late 40s and 50s up until he, his death in 1956. And he was a, he was born in Europe, correct? He was born in Warsaw in 1911 and arrived in Paris in 1942 to study at the Sorbonne after studying art at, in Leipzig. His father was a publisher of Yiddish contemporary fiction as well as a translator into Yiddish of great um, American and European um, novels. Um, So he came from a very intellectual, progressive Jewish household. He picked up a camera when he arrived in Paris to gain extra money and was clearly saw he had a strong eye and great curiosity about the city around him and very interested in the leftist politics and sort of emigrate community in Paris. Regard magazine was the leftist communist workers magazine um, filled with pictures on the front and back covers and throughout and really was the place that allowed Shim to develop his eye and his interest in workers and, this, and the idea of these uh, the photo essay, not just individual photographs, but really several photographs that together create this reportage, strong reportage about a given subject. Did he move, he moved to America, correct? He did. He essentially escaped from France in 1939, um, really as under an assignment um, to cover a boatload of Spanish Republican refugees leaving from the south of France on a boat to Mexico, which is 
at that time was really the only country that was taking Spanish refugees. And then at the end, in the fall of 1939, he came to New York where he met, um, by that point, Robert Kappa, who just arrived, and um, some other friends from Europe. He stayed in America for about, well, roughly until 1947, when he uh, got a major assignment to go back to Europe to look at how Europeans were living two years after the end of the war. And really from that point on, his his, his photojournalism career sort of re-blossomed, and, and he traveled incessantly and um, throughout the rest of his life, only in Europe, and just to come back to America um, occasionally to see his sister who'd resettled in New York and some friends, but never made any assignments that we know of in America. I know photographers like Cortez, when they moved to America, it kind of changed their work in some way. It kind of changed not only their work, but how they looked upon the world. Did that happen with Shimmer in any way? Well, I don't think it was his arrival in New York or what he experienced here, but more what he would experienced back in Europe. I mean, he, he really, I think, was essentially traumatized by his experience of what he witnessed in, um, in France and then in Spain, the devastation, knowing that his parents had perished during the war. And I think he, his work did radically change, actually. I think his perspective became less um, militant in a way. I mean, he really was a strong propagandist, photographer in the 30s, but in the post-war period, I think there was a more nuanced approach to um, his photography, and it's actually quite stunning that you see the kind of work he was making in 1947 after having really not practiced as a photojournalist for, uh, you know, eight years, but to come back um, not only also using a medium format camera for the first time as a journalist, um, but using color as well. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's something that I haven't seen with other photographers to probably have this period of, of intense reflection about the medium. He was working as a printer in New York City. He, he ran a lab around uh, midtown Manhattan. Um, in, during the war, he worked in the pho- photo lab and photographic resources, but then worked as a photo interpreter of the aerial photograph- photographs that were towards the end of the war in the uh, north coast of England and border, Belgian border with, with Germany. And I think that really had a profound effect on his perspective of the world and you know, his sense of humanity, too. People who did know him before and after the world did say that he, did, he changed, his character did change, or his outward appearance and engagement with people became um, a little more subdued. You talked a little bit about his relationship with Kappa and Cartier-Bresson. Can you go into that a little more? He met both of them in Paris in uh, right away, I think 1935. They were all relatively same age, thoroughly engaged with the power of photography to inform people. Different, slightly different backgrounds and certainly different characters, but they're sort of, you know, the three musketeers um, going forward and through um, the rest of Shim and Kappa's life. It was amazing, actually, when we discovered the Mexican suitcase negatives in 2008 and we were going through what we thought were supposed to be only Kappa's negatives to see that there were really a third of Shims packed in this these three small boxes to see and, and start to understand actually how close Kappa and Shim were working in the 30s in Paris, that he, Shim either stored, uh, used um, what we've always known as Kappa's studio, but probably was the studio that they both shared um, and they both uh, stored, stored and printed 
their work there and and then uh, distributed their photographs to the press at that time. So there was a very strong relationship between them, two of them. And I think if you look at their photographs from Spain, their work is is very different. They went to different places, and not only is that a reflection of their characters, but maybe also an implicit or, or very explicit discussion between them about what they would cover and how they would spread out and cover different aspects of the war. So that together their work would provide a bigger coverage of, um, of the Republican side or what was happening during the war for the magazines that were supporting the Republican side. There are so many projects in which, and, and magazines, special editions of magazines, which their work was included um, with Taro's actually, so really the three of them during the 30s. It's sort of impossible to think of any one of those photographers without um, the other and how important a role that they played um, to each other's work during that time. Shim was also a little older than Cap, he was a few years older and more established, certainly by 1936, Shim had been publishing regularly in Regal on the covers and really the most probably famous and regularly used photographer before the war started. So Kappa was just starting and he had just only had a few stories published before the war started. So uh, Shim, I think, was a real mentor to him at that time. And Cartier-Bresson was also a good friend um, and would be respected Shim, as we know from letters. I think they were sort of more intellectual souls than, um, than with Kappa, who um, was more an intuitive, uh, sort of impulsive um, character, but who greatly respected Shim's eye. And in the exhibition, you can see a photograph of the two of them looking over images, and just you, you can just feel the, the camaraderie and respect that they had yeah, for each other's definitely. opinion about work. If you look up, like, best photojournalist lists of all time, for some reason you don't really see Shim, I don't think. You, you see a lot of Kappa and Bresson. Obviously, Bresson probably for his decisive moment, um, and Kappa maybe more for his Normandy stuff. Could the reason be that Shim isn't as well-known as like say Cap, um, he just compared to Cap, he didn't have the kind of uh, incredible personal life. He did not have the affair with Ingrid Bergman. He did not yeah. go in on D-Day with the, the troops. And the, he didn't have the tabloid. No, no, he didn't, and he he, he didn't write a you know and a fantastic autobiography, as in slightly out of focus, which Cap wrote. He in fact didn't really publish any books during his lifetime, other than the UNESCO photographs, but it was really a, a, a project for UNESCO rather than a, a photography book that he organized himself. He didn't have a brother who championed the work after his death. I mean, they, he and Kappa both died very young, and, um, and it was really Cornel Kappa who dedicated sort of the 60s and 70s to keeping his brother's work alive through photographs, through uh, magazine uh, through ICP and all. Well, in '74, right, and in fact, it was the great impetus, I think, to create a, 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 an institution that would preserve, house, edu- yeah. exhibit the work. But even before then, he had been doing exhibitions, also including Shim. But you know, the real tie was with Kappa. So you know, I think I hope this is a time where people can really see how much part Shim was a part of that period of sort of golden age of photojournalism and um, how influential he was in the magazine and in within the two other photographers during that that time. And then, of course, Cartier-Bresson lived for so long and he did so many other things and so was, was so respected in the, the museum field that uh, his work sort of catapulted into another area. But, you know, over time, I, I hope there is room for Shim in in the histories, and um, it's starting to change. Also, there's a name problem, too, I always say. Yeah. There's an identity thing. You know, he was born David Shimon, um, and then when he arrived in Paris, 
Uh, he used shim as a byline. It was easier to pronounce and spell than shimin. It was very you know, flashy and quick, um, which is the four letters, like Kappa and Taro. And then when he arrived in America, he, when he became an American citizen in 42, he changed his name to David Seymour, and that was his byline in the post-war period. But to all his friends, actually, he remained shim or Shimsky or Shimshim. I mean, that was, that, was, that was really who he was, and that was really where he gained his reputation. But there's sort of these various periods of Shim which also made him, I think, hard to um, even market or um, follow. There, there's such a perfect segue in there. We talked a little bit about, we mentioned Ingrid Bergman, Kappa's affair with him. Um, could we, Shim had, there's a, a group of images in there of celebrities, and for me to see those, they were kind of out of left field. They're so different, the UNESCO photographs. Can you talk a little bit about his relationship with celebrities and why he took these portraits? Yes, well, with Ingrid Bergman, actually, he um, had met her through Kappa, and and in about 1951, we had settled in Rome as his, as his base, so he saw her regularly, and I think they were... They really enjoyed each other's company. She remembers him fondly um, in her autobiography, um, and he and he tr- she trusted him as a photographer and really let him take many many portraits of her and her children that were then published in all the paparazzi magazines as they were unfolding during that period. The other portraits came pro- mostly probably as assignments. Um, he photographed Truman Capote on the set of Beat the Devil. He and Kappa and other magnum photographers actually did cover the sets of various films during that time. It was good money, and they made unique images um, of the sets. Also, who else did he photograph? Toscanini, of course, um, but also Sophia Loren. He found her in Naples and right when she was just becoming a star. You know, and those those celebrity portraits were good value for Magnum. They were yeah, they were valuable to keeping that agency alive, which was really their main focus at that time. Um, they had you know, created uh, this agency that had uh, offices in New York and Paris that was you know m- meant to allow them to continue a career in photography. I think also during that time they both had very glamorous lives and were associated with fabulous people and royal, European royalty and um, were photographing all sorts of people. So they were, frankly, a lot of fun to be with and I think people gravitated yeah. towards them. And, you know, if, at the end, if you look at the photographs in the, in the show, they're really all artists. Um, and I think, you know, his ability to capture not only the... The, 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 the kind of work that the, photog- that, that, that the artist was doing, but also in a scene. It's not just a close-up of their face, but really an in-situ kind of photojournalistic moment that, that sort of transcends that into a, a portrait. We mentioned the group of celebrity portraits. We've alluded to the UNESCO, port- the UNESCO pictures, which we'll certainly get to in a second. Um, can you talk a little bit about how the show itself is organized, how it's broken up? Yeah, it's roughly chronological. I think that was the way I wanted people to engage with his work, understand the progression from this this early period where sort of pre-Spanish Civil War when he was, you know, photographing workers and um, peasants of various sort in France. Um, and then he used to engage with the, the rising from popular movement in Paris. Um, and then then uh, was photographing the Spanish Civil War from the beginning to, uh, to the end. Um, well, thank you so much, Cynthia. The exhibition is beautiful, and there's so much that we couldn't get to today. It's a jam-packed exhibition. Thank you so much, Cynthia. My pleasure. First time I held these shots in my hand.
I knew I had to tell people about the Kodak Advantix camera. Look at that one. <laughs> I think we broke up right after that. Hey, can I tell you about the Kodak Advantix? Take a look through there. Yeah. It's drop and loading. People get such a kick out of this. It's like magic. It's got three picture sizes. Panoramic, you can span all of that. Right. Or you could take a bunch with yours and just staple them together. That's pretty neat. Do you find a picture of me sleeping? Right here on my index print. I like to think that I'm an ambassador of the Kodak Advantix camera. Some make greatness look simple, like the great Gretzky and Canon's new vision of photography, the inspiring T70 with the pure agility of touch-button control and three distinct program modes. Now, Canon makes it simple to handle any shot. The inspiring Canon T70. It makes the great shot simple. Hey, we're back. Hmm. Let me get my checklist out here. What do we talk about? Polychrome? Check. Check. Uh, Walking workshop? Check. 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 ICP? Check. Check. Let's talk. Polychrome film? Check. 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 Let's talk about, we're going to talk more about actual film stocks, but this is a good opportunity to talk about the Olympus, a crew, E-C-R-U, a crew. What crew? 30. <laughs> 35 millimeter camera. It looks like I don't know what it looks like. I thought it was a disc camera too, Mike. That was the first thing you said. Hey, oh, is it a disc? Disc camera or a 127 camera? I know, but it's a 35 millimeter. Another, it's another one of Olympus's concept cameras. They did just a oh, few yeah. of these. Of course, they have some classy little saying to go along with it. I'll probably, I'll, I'll write, I'll read what they said. Living an intellectually enhanced life as natural as unbleached linen. Oh, is this camera designed for women? You know, it's, it is awfully pretty and it's all white. It's decked out in silver. It's it has a, a lovely um, uh, tan leather neck strap. I love the strap. That's got to be the best the part for me. It's made for a woman, but strong enough for, for a man. man. I like it too. <laughs> Uh, actually, a crew is French for natural or unbleached. Look it did not at all have the popularity that the O product did. It was the second kind of after O product. The O product had a little more, I think, has a little more universal appeal than that this guy. Beautiful. And of course, the O product was all aluminum. Yes. And then they did this little plastic thing. What year? Uh, In the 60s? 19, no, 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 no. 1991. Oh, wow. Very interesting design. Like this Now, t- there's like- a, there's a uh, lens cap I did not bring oh. along that is all silver that goes on the front and covers everything. Everything up. The on-off is like a lever from like a bathroom. That is that looks like that little <laughs> thing that was in grandma's bathtub. That little yeah on-off thing. It's funny. They made ten thousand for the U.S., ten thousand for Japan. Also, not a lot at all. No, not at all. So they're very limited. It's I like it because it runs off of triple A's. Oh, triple A's. Triple A's only. Uh, possibly. No, actually, we'll use anything. <laughs> Standard 35 millimeter, three five lens, maxes at 16. Can it get up? Can it get up close like the Olympus three fives normally can? Uh, you're probably limited to. I don't know this for a fact. Maybe 24 inches. You know, it's funny. Whenever you, when you said you know 1991, whenever I think of like late 80s, early 90s, I think of that like crappy Nintendo plastic, like it's gray and like it oh, gets yes. old and well, gets all cruddy. Yeah. No, it's it, that's a leather strap. It's very clean. Yeah. And of course, it came in a sweet white box everything little cloth wrappings around it um it's like a, it's like a, a tourist camera like you would N- n- no, this is an evening camera. Oh, this is an evening evening camera. Yes, I, uh, Matt and I and some friends had an event at the Toledo Museum of Art a few weekends ago, and that's the camera I chose to take because it's a dress-up camera. Is that right? 
Yes. It is a dress-up camera. Very much that. so. So unusual looking. It is. But if you look at it closely, it uh, has the appearance of a stylus face. Yes, it yes. does. Yes, it does. That's why I was asking about the focus, because it looks like exactly. a stylus. A fifteenth of a second to one five-hundredth of a second. kind of has some stylus numbers. It's auto, the, right? Auto. It's, so it's like sort of like stylus guts? Yes. Yes. <laughs> at a much bigger inflated stylus price. Is that right? Oh, well, yeah. Would, well, see, they made 10000 and 10000 What would that read from Oh, I can't remember, but I'm going to say possibly three hundred dollars. Whoa! It's for the rich and famous. Yeah, it's an evening camera. They don't know what a stylus is. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stylus didn't come in white and match your shoes. There you go. <laughs> this Olympus Accru 35 millimeter camera. Can you find these on eBay? You can. They're much more reasonable than the O product. Hmm. The O product visually is so much more appealing. Is it hard to find them in the original box? Maybe 50, quarter of them or 50% come in the original boxes yet. The rest are not. Now, is that because most of the people that have them are, you know, collectors in the first place? Yes. Okay. Collectors rather than users. And do you have any images you shot with it? Yes. Uh, they are tagged with a crew on my Flickr site. Very nice. We, I know we have a lot of Olympus uh, listeners out there, a lot of Olympus shooters, people like Dave Mahali. Dave Mahali. I call him and, an Olympus man. And his son, Tony. Oh, he's an Olympus shooter as he well. He sure is. Oh, very uh-huh. nice. We saw Dave, of course, at our walking workshop. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, well, film. <laughs> and we have some letters, too. Okay. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, host of the Film Photography Podcast, and a huge thank you to folks out there who have donated to the FPP over the last few months or year. All of us here at the Film Photography Podcast are volunteers, and that's why we ask you to donate. If you love the FPP and really dig the podcast and continued blogs, videos, then please consider donating to the Film Photography Project. And you could do so very easily by either finding a camera, a film camera that works, and consider donating it to the show. Do you have any excess film that you're not shooting? Or if you can make a contribution, you can easily do that on the FPP Film Photography Project site and click Donate. Everything that's received is used for the Film Photography Project and its podcast for our monthly giveaways and any monies that are made in the FPP store just fuel the podcast. Let's keep these shoes going in 2013 and beyond. The Film Photography Podcast. It's here for you. Mm, That's right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. Hey, real quick about some APS film. APS is the advanced photo system uh, developed by Kodak, or as Leslie would say, the Big Five. The Big Five. Who are the Big Five? Who are the Big Five? I don't know for sure. um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, It was Kodak. It was Nikon. So did Kodak... Go ahead. Um... I knew these the other night. Minolta. Olympus was not a player in this. Canon. But Kodak had to share the technology with Fuji, correct? They did, yes. So did they carve out territories? Like, you take this country, and but don't tread on us here in the U.S.? Like, how did that work? I don't believe so. I think it was No, it they was took up territories in the, in the U.S. I mean, it was right. kind of divided. Like, this was the Fuji area. Do you think it was a patent was... involved that Kodak saw? You know, sort of like the Keurig coffee? Mm. Yeah. The Keurig system. Keurigs were expensive, and I'm thinking it is too expensive, expensive because yeah. there's licensing fees involved. But now, of course, other people are making. Yeah, there's the knockoff versions. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey! 
Who the heck is here? There he is. There he is, just walking into the Film Photography Podcast. It's Mr. Henry Kudo. Hey there. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to lean toward a microphone. Hey, wow, I, this is not set up. Like, this is a legit thing. This is the presidential suite, my friend. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. This place is wicked nice. It's got a bathroom and everything. <laughs> no way. Yeah. It's Finley. <laughs> my folks listening who have dig deep into the FPP archives, we'll know. Henrik's been on the show. Once or twice, You yeah. had, like, wacky giveaway, like, uh, like I don't know, you gave away, like, an exposed roll of film if you bought your CD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All sorts of things like that. And you also, uh, we've played your music on the show. Yes. Uh, my favorite being, uh, I, um, what's my favorite? Uh, is it I'm Great? Is that a song? Great I'm just so great. I'm just so great. great. I love that, too. <laughs> Can't compete. I just want to mention, since I literally walked in, everything, this is the most, like, true-to-life radio kind of deal I've ever seen. I, I actually walk in and happen into the program, and you guys are actually surrounded by film photography stuff. Like, Oh, yes. Like... It's not a fake. The picture no. that you paint with words is real, folks. Oh, that's what I wanted to point out. Like, I tried to take a seat and almost sat on an SLR. You had to clean out, like, five cameras <laughs> yes. and film. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, this is no fake. Well, no, I mean, but, you know, usually it's embellished. Like, you know, we're in the, the you know, we're talking about this. and No, there's just piles. Of, there's lenses, and, and and those are car keys. I don't think that those no, are. No, Oh, oh, my God. And a Kodak cup. I, I, so I just wanted to mention that to your listeners so I could pull the curtain back and reveal to you that it is all true. Oh, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, uh, we even have a door prize for you. Whoa. I thought of you. Uh, we were on our walking workshop, and we were walking through Beautiful downtown Finlay, Ohio. Oh, and we're past Swanson's, you. yeah. From Swanson's. <laughs> yeah, my oh. barber. Mustache wax. <laughs> I love it. And it has a little comb. Yes. Yes, it does. I can't go without the comb. The comb will, will come in particularly handy. That's great. Well, I brought you guys presents. Oh. Okay. We like presents. I brought a taste of Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it Mike Sells? Mike Sells potato chips. Oh, Mike Ooh. Sells potato chips. A shells. bag for you, Mr. Rasso. Oh, thank you. And a bag for you two lovely people. <laughs> oh, now, in this bag or individual bags? Two individual bags. I like that. Yeah. Wow. They're twin packs. Now, nice. th- and those are manufactured and distributed from Dayton, Ohio. And they don't go, I don't know, do they go this they far? Absolutely. They, they do. Big they do. name here. They do. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I had to go to like fair to get these. They, they sell no, we have them at Myers. Oh, do we have them at Myers? Sure. Oh, okay. You know where Myers is? Oh, I don't know where Myers is. Here, we have Myers. Okay. Where I... Your mustache is looking amazing. Thank you. It was poking me in the eye yesterday, so I had yeah, to look scrub at that. it yeah. really hard to get it to. It's like your, the hair on your head. Well, not not, not to, sorry, to, Mike. Exactly. <laughs> Mike down. No, but uh, like you know how you have to reset it. Like if your part's wrong and it won't correct, yep. you have to yep. wash it and yep. scrub oh, it. Oh yeah. It's the exact same way with the mustache. So uh, it started poking me in the eye yesterday. Very so, cool. But today, yeah, it's holy. I'm great. It's a, you chose a beautiful day for me to, to make that drive. Like, Excellent. It's just gorgeous outside. Well, thank Henrik is here, and uh, we may do a few a uh, few things. I was even thinking of recording a segment for the uh, Alternative Cinema podcast. Ooh, I'm in. Talk about uh, Henrik's new movie, Babysitter Massacre. Oh, I also brought <laughs> some stuff because the pre- the world premiere was Friday. Yes, world premiere so was Friday. A poster oh, for nice. Mr. Michael. Poster. For thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Yes. I love it. Look at that. Executive producer Michael Rosso. I know. Well, we, we played it to a, a nearly capacity house of 220 people in Beautiful. a 280-seat theater. Oh, very nice. It was incredibly well-received. We'll be back in a second with more film, and stay tuned. Look what Kmart's got for you. Cameras, I got them. Yes, but this is the Kodak Advantix. Anyone can be an expert with this. Kodak, huh? Mm-hmm. Drop and loading, three-picture format, and they process them right here. Smile! Go! Yes! You got it. 
That's it. Leave me alone. Love the camera. You are good. The Kodak Advantix 3200, only $77.99 at your Kodak headquarters. Today's Kmart. Feel it. Connect with me. Hey, we're back. Hey, we were talking about APS film before Henrik came in. Henrik's still here in the studio. He doesn't have a microphone, but he's listening to all this film stuff. He'll probably just jump right back in. You don't have to. But your friend, uh, Alicia? Yeah, Alicia Lozier. Alicia Lozier. Uh, she's a photographer. Yes, uh, she's and, actually at a wedding right now. Yeah, just right back here. <laughs> you, you did it. So. She shoots. She shoots. Uh, she shoots uh, professionally. But she's, she's very unfazed by all my little hints about her picking up a film camera. Well, you know what? Uh, what happened? What really happened is she's been so overwhelmed. First of all, by the by the artwork that we we recently uh, used for the for the new movie, she's been so overwhelmed that you guys loved it so much, that so many people loved it so much. But uh, mainly, she's been shooting weddings. She's okay. just been really busy. That's a grind. Yeah. She yeah. has mm-hmm. making money, making pretty good money. I mean, now the season's just starting. So yeah, now it's really Full getting swing. out of control. But no, she's she's definitely interested. I know she already has a Canon SLR. I think it's a D fifty. Yeah, I don't want to hear about any D things. They're not DSLR. I meant I meant uh, SLR. Sorry. Oh, like an EOS no, Rebel. A, no, no, she has an SLR. She has one like old film AE. SLR. I didn't mean to say AE. DSLR. Yeah, I, I can't remember the top off the top of my head. That's why I was sitting across the room away from the microphone. Just collect, <laughs> been collecting dust? Uh, it was given to her like four or five years okay. ago by a family member. Does she need some film? She would love a some little film. motivation. She would love some film. Okay. It's just a 35 camera. She'd love it. Okay. So I want to just get her motivated to just shoot a little bit of film. Sure. You know, a lot of wedding photographers are, are supplementing their work with some, some film shots. Really? Yeah, oh, offering yeah. its clients uh, separately and just like what add-ons, Polaroids. Yeah. Yes. What does she need? She needs some unusual and rare film. Where can she get that unusual and rare film? <laughs> oh, look at that. Question. I mean, I, I, don't know. I imagine it would be impossible to find. It, if well, there's an answer here, I'd be thrilled. It's uh, not quite. Filmphotographystore.com. <laughs> And what do they have there? Poly F. Oh, <laughs> oh, the incredible uh, uh, Fujichrome CDU2 ASA20. That sounds very odd. With the warning. Oh, shoot. What oh. is the warning? Is it warning in It's tungsten balance. It's tungsten balance. It's, yes, it's... you need an 85B. You don't yes. see that in the real world. You don't want so that's people. A, that's a, what color? Orange. Orange for outside. Rather orange, yes. Yeah. Balance it back to daylight. Yeah. And you said 20 ASA? This yep. is 20 ASA. Now, that, mean, that means you need a lot of light. Oh, yes. And then you throw yes. a filter on it with a filter factor of two. Even more. A lot more light. So. I'm shocked I actually understand some of this. You're very good. You're doing, you're doing well. So I'm going to try to you know, um, you know, push some film over there to Dayton. I, I would be happy to, okay. to see her experiment with it. I'll give her stuff to shoot. Great. Okay. I'll give her an assignment. Thank Absolutely. You. Okay. Maybe I'll get some processing involved. I'm in. That'd be good, right? People want to get this shit processed. Yeah. When, 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 you, when you throw in processing, you seal the deal. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Step right over here, Henrik. Yeah. Put your mic back, Leslie. So. There you go. So we're talking about APS, and I'm excited about I know no one is excited about APS. The few, like two of you. But I do want to point out some interesting stuff here. Like, for example, and we do have this in our own very own filmphotographystore.com, the F, I call it FNAC. <laughs> FNAC brand? What's this? We've yet to determine that. Uh, no one's processed it yet to see if there's uh, a rebate. Yeah. FNAC 40 exposure APS film. 400 Color. ISA. Color. Oh, C41. 400 that. ASA. C41. I think uh, it's from outside the United States. Yes. It's got, I think uh, it's French. It's the first language on the label. That's yeah, what I'm it, going with. Yeah, there's multiple languages on here, but the first one's French, and, and there's, like, there's some German on here. There's I, nothing on the web. No one knows anything. 
<laughs> Other than there's a guy on eBay selling a boatload of it. That's it's interesting. Warehouse stored. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and then of course, which I was thrilled, which will actually jumpstart our next topic. Uh, APS film. Do you know what APS is film? Did your grandma have one of these? Uh, Henrik's over there <laughs> off mic talking about sensor size. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leslie, over, over the weekend, you gave me two rolls of Kodak Advantix black and white, which is known as. Here they don't call it. They don't call it the CN. They call it just four hundred black and white process C forty one only, which is a black and white film that you do not process in traditional black and white uh, chemistry. C forty one. Correct. You, yes. You you can get a black C41. and white C forty one. C forty one. Yeah. Bring it C41. to the right aid. Yep. Exactly. That'll process it. Yeah. That's yes. what it was all about. Mm-hmm. And I'm thrilled to start shooting uh, some of this APS on a camera I recently acquired. It's actually Canon EOS. IX7 28 to 80 millimeter lens on it and uh, Matt you were so kind to lend me your 50 millimeter f1.4 over the weekend how'd you like that loved it yeah pop it on the camera it's nice to have very quick did you order that 40 mil the pancake lens yet I have my finger on the trigger it's so it's perfect as soon as it's so small popping up like I'm on Facebook oh because you searched for it yeah yeah you're done done. they've got you and uh, explain to the folks out there listening who shoot with Canon EOS, uh, folks like Henrik who are here in our presidential suite in the <laughs> beautiful downtown Finlay, Ohio. Can he use these EOS on his Canon 7D? Is that what it's called? Uh, well, I have a T3i. Yeah. What happened to your 7D? I never had one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he can. He can use those on uh, all EOS mount. Film or digital will work. Will work together. Now there are the smaller ones, which are which Henrik was talking about, which are the APS-C cameras, and those have what are called EFS lenses. They have a little white tab where it screws in. All EOS lenses have a little red tab where it screws in, and if it has that red tab, it will mount on an EOS camera. I just recently switched cameras. I no longer. I mean, I do have my my Canon, but I switched to a Sony NEX okay. film or not film, yeah. but a cinema camera. Okay. And it has, since it's mirrorless, it's super shallow, and I have a 28 millimeter f 2.8 Canon FD lens that I've been using that is awesome. People mount a lot of cool lenses on those uh, Sony Nex cameras. Anything on them. People get special adapters. Though. Yeah, I have a I have a I have a EOS adapter and the the, the dumb one, so you can't adjust the f stop. And then I have an FD a Canon FD lens adapter, and uh, that twenty eight millimeter looks great. It's a good piece of glass, and I got it for like forty five dollars or fifty dollars on eBay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thrilled. Now, does a twenty eight millimeter in your Sony box equal twenty eight millimeters? Um, no. It, no, it's, 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 it's a longer. It's a super thirty five millimeter size sensor, okay. which means it's a it's a little slightly bigger than a, a, a APS-C, I believe. So it's slightly bigger. So you, do you do you use this lens all the time? I use it very often because it, it gives you that it's not quite super wide, but it's not quite tight. But right. you can get great low light response. Did you use any Canon FD lenses on the film, which my name is executive producer? In three <laughs> in three shots. <laughs> no joke. There are three exterior shots where I used them. It was right when I got the new camera because right. we shot most of that on a DSLR. And I guess you're using any Canon lenses, Canon FD lenses on uh, I Want a Bulldog for Christmas? On, on oh. uh, a Bulldog for Christmas, we will be using. I'm actually look, I'm in the market right now for an 85mm f1.8, preferably. I'm in the market for one of those right now. You were born to be in media. I, I, <laughs> like, it's impossible to keep you over there off in, the, in the green chair. <laughs> I'm going to go to the He was there for 30 chair. seconds, oh, yeah. No, no, no. You know, your album that called That's Loud? Yes. It, I mean, you don't even need a mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it, that's completely true. Wow. <laughs> the APS film, the Chromagen, it's called Chromagenic. Chromagenic, yep. Black and white film that you could develop in color chemistry. C41. Uh, Leslie mentioned to me, because 35 millimeter, 
Actually, someone emailed me saying, do you carry Kodak? Henrik, did you know that the film photography store in uh, beautiful downtown Butler, New Jersey is now... Scenic Butler, New Jersey. (laughs) I I lived in Butler proper, I know. Scenic Butler, New Jersey is now like... (laughs) I have... I was uh, was there a year ago. I was there last February. Okay. It's a uh, full-blown operation. Uh, I, and and I would say ship shop ship shop shape that's ship the word? shape ship shape there we go. <laughs> so uh, someone emailed me and said, "Do you carry? Can you carry Kodak BW four hundred CN?" I thought it was discontinued. It's not. It's the same. It's film that you could process in C forty one chemistry. This gent claims that he processes it in black and white chemistry and likes it better. Really? Than Triax. Oh, that's interesting. And then Leslie said maybe he's talking about the T. And I don't know what Leslie was talking about. What's he? <laughs> he rarely does. <laughs> and then I found a role in, like, you know, the FPP studio. I found, like, oh, my God, T400CN. So, Leslie, uh, grab your mic back. Yes. And what is the difference between T400CN and BW400CN? T was introduced first, but they were both around the same time. T was considered the professional version. BW was considered the amateur version that you would pick up in the marts. Mm -hmm. T, you would go to your typical camera store, small shop, available like that. Originally, too, BW was only available in 35, whereas T was available in 120 and 35. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Incredibly beautiful film. The T never cared much for the BW, but the T you could underexpose, you'd throw it in the enlarger. Amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Truly amazing. T is discontinued? T is discontinued. Is is 120... Any 120 uh, BW? That's gone. gone. I think it's all that, gone. That was gone a couple of years ago. Yes. Uh, I think when I had just started shooting film, it was available from the big stores, and then just kind of like overnight it was gone. Right. Uh, Kodak BW400CN, as of this uh, recording, is still available, and people are asking for it. And I was kind of yes. surprised, actually. I thought everyone's going to be your T-Max, your Tri-X, you know, some of your Ilford stocks. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, I know a lot of city shooters, folks in large metropolitan areas, uh, New York City, London, they prefer the uh, the BWCN and the Ilford, uh, what's theirs called, XP2, XP two, I believe, yeah. because they're never near, like, a, they don't have a darkroom themselves, mm-hmm. and they don't, they don't want to pay out the ears for traditional black and white processing, because it costs more right so they just drop it off at the mart mm-hmm. and they're done right makes sense well we have it now so shoot shoot it up folks <laughs> <laughs> you gotta shoot it that's right filmphotographystore.com i haven't been running very many spots lately uh i've been just preferred just to talk about the fact that we have a store and we ask folks out there to, listening to uh this broadcast to consider donating to the show we're a volunteer staff uh, we have a donate button on our website we have a store on our website where you can buy film cameras polaroid automatic land cameras. Uh, We're going to be carrying some uh, beautiful refurbished cameras from Japan from the Mint Company. Oh, these are cameras that will be have a one year warranty on them. Wow, six months. We'll have a six month or a year first. warranty on them. <laughs> and the reason that the FPP store has not been stocking cameras like the folding Polaroids, cameras like the uh, white rainbow camera, is because they're SX70 and they're close to forty or forty plus years old. And you know they go, they go bust. You know they have they do have their share of problems. So now we have a source to get get you cameras that are you know. Backed up, so to speak. So which cameras are these going to be from Mint? The folding Polaroid cameras, SX70. Okay. Yeah. Like the Also Rainbow, though, too, from Mint? I requested the Rainbow, and they're going to try to put a special order in. 
Okay. Very nice. So that's the, like one of the number one. Absolutely. Number it, it one really requests. The, it's every, the rainbow. Everybody wants the white rainbow. Do you? The, can you picture that in your mind, Henrik? The white rainbow Polaroid, square, boxy. Ooh. You can't. He's making believe. Scared. It's all right. Okay. No, no problem. Right. Don't be scared. Uh, so please do visit the film photography store. I want to take a really quick break now. Maybe hear a retro commercial. We'll come back and talk really quick about some our special flavors of the month. This is Polaroid's new Time Zero One Step. Pretty. Why is it black? Oh, you'll know it's the Time Zero One Step. And here's the world's fastest developing color. You see it in seconds now, not minutes. Look at that color. But why a Time Zero One Step? It comes with a pack of Time Zero Super Color Film and this made-for-each-other pack. Certainly are made for each other. Just like coffee and cream. Rolls and Royce. Or me and you. Ham and hey, we're back. You know, in the last few months, we've been experimenting with hand-rolling film. Uh, it's great to have a layperson in the room because, you know, you don't know anything about film. You just know about sensors or lux. Yeah. We have been buying 100-foot uh, rolls of film and hand-rolling them onto the classic 35-millimeter cartridge. Like this uh, uh, is a... I almost called you Justin. <laughs> It's an AC thing. <laughs> this Justin is a <laughs> hand roll. Change your voice a little. A hand roll Fujichrome CDU2 hand rolled color slide film. Suggested ASA 20. Has no DX coding. 36 exposures. You could process it E6 or you could process it C41. And it doesn't say on here, but it should, that it's balanced for tungsten light, which means uh, inside lights or, you know, uh, hot lights. Hot lights, yeah. yeah. So you could shoot this. Um, no, it's balanced for hot lights. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 If you we're shoot good. it outdoors, it's incredibly blue. Yeah, right? or blue. a strobe. Or strobe. Mm-hmm. So then you have to gel your lens with a number. 85B. 85B, which is orange. Yes. Or mm-hmm. uh, so we're offering, and gosh, we have probably less than 40 rolls of this at any one time in the FPP store. You can just kind of check in every week or so to see what the flavor of the month is. Uh, but I'm pretty excited because our good friend Lance from Belgium, Picture Crossing. Lance is a collector of oddball films. Yes, he is. Yes. And uh, Lance emailed me. He's like, Mike, would you like to you know carry some in the FPP store? And I was thrilled because he has been, you know, he travels around the world and he's able to kind of collect all the odd film stocks that I can't get my hands on. The newest, of course, all the rage about a month ago on the Flickr forum was the Kodak Hawkeye surveillance film. Henrik's looking at me like, I need to tune into this podcast because the stuff you talk about is just so crazy. Hawkeye surveillance film. I'm guessing, Leslie, back me up if you know what I'm talking, if I'm talking correctly, that people would load 100-foot rolls of film into a surveillance camera. Yes. And it would click off a frame, like click click off a frame. This is traffic surveillance film, I think, that you're talking about. Yes. The color. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Goes into a unit and every intervalometer, click it off, click it off, yep. click it off, or something trips it. Interesting thing, in- interestingly enough, some of these films come on what's known as a 100 foot daylight spool. Mm-hmm. It's very much like a 16 millimeter Bolex camera. The film is on a spool that you could actually load unload in dim daylight. Uh, you don't need a dark room. So you could actually rent. You can go to, oh, I don't know who, <laughs> somebody in the city, <laughs> any city, and rent like a 35 millimeter Araflex film camera and you'd be able to load a 100 foot spool of this Hawkeye surveillance film 400 ASA and actually shoot a movie oh wow because it's loaded on a 100 foot daylight spool which is a movie a movie format how long how long is 100 feet in movie format 4 minutes isn't it isn't uh, it's like, it's like three, 100 feet it's not long no it's like, 
No, 400 feet is 11 minutes. Okay. 11 minutes. So, so, this, so this is 100 feet. 100 feet. Divide that by four. Three and three quarters. So three, four three minutes. Three, yeah, four minutes. Hey, look at that. So you could shoot a mini movie, then take your 100-foot rolls of film, send it to thedarkroom.com, and then you could scan a frame at a time. Like, like, today, it's just amazing. You could actually just scan on a regular scanner and then animate that. Correct, Henrik? Yeah. Sure. I'm not doing this, by the way. <laughs> but Please if don't. Anyone, yeah, if anyone is interested in doing this, uh, you certainly can. But I just noticed that. It was kind of an oddball film. There was, a, there was a gent on eBay selling, like, a bottomless pit. Still has... He hasn't hit bottom yet. He's sold over 100 rolls of this. Now it's coming in, uh, I believe now we've hit metal can. Okay, metal can. Yes. Metal can only. I believe he's down to metal can. Yeah. Mine came in plastic can. Yeah. Well, age, I, it's an age thing. Uh, the plastic's newer. Yes. He's going from new In that plastic is the, is the 100 foot daylight spool. Is it? Yes, correct. You've opened yours. I have an actual guessing. <laughs> because I 16 was, millimeters is exactly the same. Have you opened? Oh, you think this is a plastic tray? I think it's a traditional 100 foot box. That you must open in the dark and right, we're peel, find the little, out. peel the little, uh, we'll find out. Yeah, we're going to find out. Now, I out. could drive across town and get it, but no. Now, what, you see, there have been a lot, although there have been lots of people buying it, most people don't have the patience to actually buy a 100-foot load of film and then load it into, like, little Bulk loaded. spools. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what FPP is going to do, always, try, always selling it to you at a, at a very reasonable price. And, of course, any funds that we make at the FPP go back into the FPP so we can throw... A ball like the FPP walking <laughs> workshop. And, of course, if you roll your own, yes. you don't get a nifty sticker on it. You do not no. get a nifty sticker. <laughs> Is this like a university film? CDU2. CDU2, it sounds like yes. It. Yeah, I, it does, I graduated right? from CDU2. So we're going to be having some uh, <laughs> amazing too. films uh, in the next few uh, weeks and months on the FPP. Keep, you know, keep your uh, radio dial tuned here. Go to filmphotographypodcast.com. What else? Should I, what am I missing? You're missing the fact that Joey K is on the polypan. Where is it? Oh, I, I do have. That's the only reason to get the polypan. This, right uh, there. Polypan yeah. is also a great, great label on polypan I, app. It's like polypan a, it's app. a bewildered Joey K. Polypan app, which yeah. is very infraredish. It's dreamy. Yes, dreamy. Dreamy glow. Lovely glow. Dreamy. Glowy. Dreamy. Glowy. Dreamy. It's a Green nice base. film. And go, you can go to the online shop and also check out the Polypan F. Now, if you I, also I like Polypan F and you are in the larger sizes, we also offer some beautiful orthochromatic and blue That's right. X-ray film. X-ray film. Medical Green, X-ray blue. film. You can shoot that in your X- camera. Listen to this, Henrik. Medical X-ray film. You put it in your camera and you shoot it. Kooky, right? That's Yeah. That's, it's, like, it's like I imagine it's like a big sheet. That, yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. Well, that's how it starts out. But the time Mike gets done with it, yeah, though. Yeah, like Matt shoots <laughs> Large format eight by ten. He just loads it right in. Uh, I'm shooting large format four by five, so I cut it down, put it in my film holder, load it into the back of my Ouija type camera, and shoot it. What's it like? It's great. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we really should, you know, take Henrik out and get it, get a shot. Oh yeah, sit right here. Yeah, sure. Be great. Yeah, yeah. Because you know. Oh, it's amazing stuff. Yeah. It sees into you. I don't mean like X-ray. I mean, I know it's X-ray film. But your eyes... Just put that right on the box, Mike. It sees into you. It sees into you. It sees into your soul. People send it back. They're creeped out. Absolutely. It does. It sees into you. Give me the non-creepy stuff. So, yeah, well, you know, we start once we start talking about it... It just snowballs, again, yeah. It just snowballs. The this, this stuff that's coming into the store is a bit on the eclectic side. It is. Very much so. Which brings me to a question. Yes. How eclectic will we be if I'll say, Michael, you're offering 4x5 and 8x10, but I shoot 5 by 7 Oh. Are you going to cut film for me? Yes, that's that's an email away. Okay. Yeah, you just need to... I mean, not many people... Actually, I should just offer it. Then I cut it, I cut it to order. 
Cut to order, yes, yeah. yes. Then, of course, Jacob of Jacob's Camera Closet can shoot his 2x3. Oh, jeez. What's 2x3? Uh, two inches little, by 3 inches. Little, little tiny things. Baby Graflex. Oh, holders. he has the actual back? He... You know, they take, old, they take little plates. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know Jacob. His, his baby Graflex is working? We talked that we talked about that a few podcasts ago. Yeah. Because Mark Dalzell has a baby baby. Well, Graflex. then you'll have to cut the 2x3. But he has the, the 120 roll on the back. The 120 roll, roll <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, the roll back. You're good but to see, go. that's okay because you're going to start cutting x ray and 120 roll. That's right. Yes. Jacob from Jacob's Camera Closet needs 2x3. Two two by three. Two by three. Is two that by exactly 2x3 or is it 2.5-3 and a. Quarter. Um, it might be. It could be anything. It could we'll be. It could be. It could be. It seems like a strange size. It could be me. eighth plate, which is uh, two and a quarter. I think it's two and a quarter, three and a quarter. Could yeah. be. There's all sorts of kooky it sizes. Seems like a strange size. There's there's tons of them, Mike. Really? It, it's but I mean, crazy. you know what? Just um... but but for Leslie, five by seven. There's some guys in the UK that sell five by seven X-ray film, like direct. Already yes, cut. but see if I know. <laughs> Can offer another alternative. But see, it's expensive to order from the UK. It so is. why not just get it from FPP? Why not? I'm just watching Henrik. See, he has no idea what we're talking about. I, I, I know what some of those numbers. You apparently did not go to CDU. CDU too. CDU. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it really, I guess. Have the, you? This is like <laughs> people who into photograph, photograph, you know, Victrola records, vinyl, wax, you know, cylinders, yes. cylinders. I mean, it's like uh-huh. these. Are, I mean, this is a niche. Oh sure. I mean, it's a crazy niche. Yeah, when you guys talk cinema, I just like my head starts spinning. So it's yeah. the same oh, thing. No, it's, it's like it's. I would imagine it's like if you knew Latin, and then you ran into somebody else who spoke Latin. For God's sake, you'd want to speak it to yeah. each other. Oh, yeah. That's what went on this weekend. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what this whole weekend was for. Well, uh, folks out there listening, uh, sad to say it's time to go. We've run out of time because uh, we have lots of work to, here to do, mainly going out and feasting on some delicious something, Ooh. something, something juicy. Juicy. Mm, <laughs> and uh, but I, I want to, I, probably, I will regret it if I don't shoot Henrik on the X-ray film. Have to. Have to. I mean, I, it's so great. I could do it right here. Look right. at the sun. Yeah, it's nice. Oh yeah. I, I have to reflect. Who it. hasn't wanted Beautiful. to look into Henrik's soul? That's right. <laughs> I'm curious to see what it shows. Is, mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question, Matt. I may yeah. not have any more X-ray load. Will Ortho produce the same results? Yeah, Ortho will look pretty much the same. It, it'll less scratches. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're going to be back in two weeks. Uh, I think one of the guys at the walking workshop actually had the clip from the Money Pit. Yes, he yes. did. Two yeah. weeks, two weeks. You, like, you see the Money Pit, Henrik? Okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, we're going to, since Henrik is here, we're going to go out. moves and it's not a still. We're going to go out with a song from Henrik Kudo. What's my favorite song? What's it called? Uh, I Can't Compete. Yeah. That's what it's called? Can't, can't Compete. compete. There's a lot of guitars and stuff in that. Who's on that? Uh, that one's got uh, Andrew Shearer playing okay. guitar, and then a guy named Corey Montgomery, who's in a band called Sleep Fleet out of Columbus, Ohio, oh. playing guitar on that, and then uh, and they just uh, make that song rock. Columbus, Ohio. I was looking at your shirt. Yeah, look at my shirt. Yeah. Where did you get your Ohio State Buckeyes shirt? Uh, Myers. Up here? Yeah. yeah. Nice. You're, feel, you're feeling the state, aren't you? I am. I'm doing and my it, best to assimilate, even though people do fucking the Oh, bird. my God. That was not nice. No, people driving. People very agitated on Friday on the way home mm-hmm. from work. Well, and you brought, you drive pretty aggressive, I'm, I'm betting. I guess I do. <laughs> I'm not picking on you. I, I moved from Ohio to Jersey for... for Jersey's aggressive driving, right? Yes. Very aggressive. Yeah. But it changed different I styles. Drive, so now yeah. I drive a bit more aggressive okay. because I live there. Do people flip so, you the bird? Uh, no, no, but I'm really, I'm really handsome. 
<laughs> and so they, they're mad until they look. Until they look. So it just all fades away. We're going to see you in two weeks. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Yeah.
Leslie, Lauren, Matt, and John Fidelli, the crew at the FPP podcast. I'd like to thank you for the guests here at Thank you,